One more time, let's lift our hands if you're thankful for the grace of God. Come on, give him some sign of thankfulness. Lift your voice and just tell him how good he is, how faithful he is, how mighty he is. You know, God loves for you and I to brag on him and tell him how good he is. If it had not been for the goodness of the Lord, where would you and I be? Where would we be? I'm so happy to see Sister Peggy in the house of the Lord tonight. I know with what they're going through, and I speak they, we've got others, Sister Clady, different ones that have been, been through it, going through it. We've got to be careful with with immunity. So I'm going to ask this church right now if you would just stretch your hands to Sister Peggy. You don't need to go lay no hand on her. You don't need to put your hand on her shoulder. Just stretch your hands towards her right now. And let's ask the touch of God to come to her right now. She's going through treatment, cancer treatment. Let's pray the hand of God to just be on her, but the strength of God to come. Jesus, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I speak life into that body. I speak life into every cell of that body. And where it's turned against its own, I bind it, I command it to dry up at the root every cancer cell in the name of Jesus. And healing virtue now to flow that brings life and re restore, God, what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you by faith for what God will do. You know, when people in our, our local church, church family go through these things, you know, you might not see them every service, but if we believe the scripture, the body is fitly joined together, you feel it even though you don't know what you're feeling. I might can scrape my arm and I don't realize it because I'm so busy. Boy, when I go to take a shower or soap gets into that cut, boy, I realize, boy, I did a pretty good job to myself. Well, it's the same thing with the body of Christ. You and I may be busy, but, but you, you, you feel, even though you don't understand what it is, when another part of this body is hurting, you're feeling it, you're feeling it. So the best thing for you and I to do is, is we call on His name. And when their, their face flashes in front of you or you think about them, you pray for them right then. If you're driving down the road, God, all day long I knew Sister Peggy was going to be having treatment today. She ended up not having it. And I'm, I, don't know, I'm, I don't know how all that works, Sister Peggy, but I'm glad because you were smiling and you feel good. And I know those treatments, that red devil, they say, is, a, is truly a devil. But you're here, and I thank the Lord for it. Thank the Lord for it. We got a lot sick. Remember the Austin family. They still, Sister, I say Sister Jane because I remember witnessing her at Home Depot. Me and her work together. Jane Austin. She's on hospice. Remember that family night. Are you ready for the word of the Lord tonight? I'm ready to hear from the Lord tonight. God's been, been dealing with my heart on some things. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be I want to get into the word of the Lord and what I feel. I feel understanding uh, here tonight. And uh, I feel the Lord wants to, wants to talk to us. I'm so thankful for his word. And I know we say that so many times. 
the Word of God. And, oh, I'm just thankful for His Word. But, you know, you get to a point in life where, man, when you say it, it's no more than just a cliche. But when you've really got into it and you got to mining out truth in His Word and it's helped you become uh, what, it's helped you through the storms. When you say, boy, I thank the Lord for His Word. There's a, there's a ring to it in, in your spirit that's not just a, just a verbal fodder like they accuse so many of us of as preachers. We're just filling in the blanks. But I'm thankful for His Word. And whatever you have need of, you can find it in His Word. There was a, a writer said, give light and the darkness was, will disappear of itself. Is what this, this guy says. I forget his name, Erasmus or something. He says basically wherever the light goes, there's, there, there, it takes care of the darkness. So if I know the word of God is light, the more word I get, the more light I'm going to get. The more understanding I'm going to get, the more strength I'm going to get. It's just that simple. God bless you. Be seated here for a moment. Let, let me make just a couple quick, quick uh, annou- announcements here. Just, just for a moment. Remember the March 31st date for our men. Uh, we, what we're going to do is, I talked about a pre, but I know uh, I was talking to Brother Jeff Doucette and some others. Some men are awful on that Friday, so what we're going to do or attempting to do, we're still going to have a crew of men here on Friday for those that are off. Uh, not taking off, but you're just off that day. And uh, we're going to start some preliminary work that Friday. And then the big work day will be, will be that Saturday. So 31st and April the 1st is going to be the church-wide cleanup day. Uh, we'll be men outside. Ladies are going to be inside. We're putting together those teams now for the inside uh, of taking care of that. And then uh, don't forget next uh, March uh, 14th, next Tuesday, uh, if the Lord's willing, we're going to start uh, just teaching on, on spiritual warfare. And again, I'm just opening it up. You don't have to come. Uh, this isn't a, a, a mandatory. No, you we got service on Wednesday and Sunday. That's it. But this, uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting pressure on anybody. I'm just offering it uh, to those that want to want to glean something, learn something, uh, whatever. Uh, we're going to do that next Tuesday. Also, to be prepared... Uh, we're going to be changing up a little bit uh, for funerals. There'll be more information coming up. I know for for quite a while uh, we've done a tremendous job in 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 helping in food and getting to the to, to different people. And uh, but we're going to change that up a little bit. That uh, we we kind of classify the who's uh, going to going to be getting these these. Um, good cooking I guess you'd say <laughs> from from Indian Village the words got out y'all are good cooks and we got everybody from Baton Rouge to, to Huntsville Alabama wanting some of y'all's food so we're, we're just going to try to protect the, the people in the church that work so hard in trying to do that but yet still fulfill uh, the ministering to people in bereavement and the loss so you'll be hearing a little bit more about that and uh, also too don't don't forget about these cards Folks, you're going to hear about this all the time. Uh, this, this is where we're going with this. Uh, I talked to Brother Brian tonight. We're working on our prayer cloths, which we've had that already, but we're revamping them. We, we're going to put some our new logo on it, but that's going to work in conjunction with these cards. 
and uh, hopefully we can start getting prayer cloths back out again and uh, COVID did a number on us with a lot of this and hurricanes and we blame it on all of that but the fact is it did do, do a number on a lot of these things we were all wanting to implement and everything just kind of got put on pause. Well, now we're back up at it again. These evangelism cards are part of it. And we're going to have prayer cloths to be handing out. And then from there, we're going to be doing outreach. We're, we're already looking at putting together teams. And uh, we're going to hit Kinder. We're going to hit Indian Village. We're going to hit everything from here all the way down. And uh, knocking doors, putting things on, praying over people, doing prayer walks. All of this stuff is, is in the works. And uh, so be prepared for it. But again, I, I'm trying to do this incrementally. I want it to be, I want it to catch and it becomes just a part of our nature. And the only way things become a part of our nature is for us to repeat it over and over and over and over again. And hopefully we'll, we'll catch it and realize that, hey, we're fulfilling the Great Commission. This is not an IV UPC thing. This isn't a UPC. This is a Great Commission thing that we're trying to reach the lost. That's what we are called to do. We're not called to just sit within our four walls and just hear good singing preaching. But we got to reach the lost. And I feel that God is positioning for us that or for that now. You got your Bibles, John chapter 15. And I stopped at verse 20, 22. <clears throat> John chapter 15, and we stopped with verse 22. And I'm not going to go again through it in detail, but I, I do want to just kind of refresh your memory. It's been a little while since we've, we've covered this. Uh, th this. This is the preempting, the beginning to where I'm going with uh, lessons or uh, messages on holiness. And uh, this is the groundwork for which we're going to launch into uh, uh, holiness and this scripture Jesus in chapter 15 he had already given them the revelation and uh, in verse uh, I think it was verse 21 uh, but all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake because they know not him that has sent me and uh, what we, we were talking about here just leave it on verse 22 or go to 22 brother Ron what we're talking about was the abiding presence of God. This, this takes it beyond just uh, us receiving the Holy Ghost. And, and many of us, that's, that's where we, uh, we got into the church uh, when we received the Holy Ghost. We were born of the water and of the Spirit. And uh, that is the beginning point. You believe, you repent, you're baptized in Jesus' name, you receive the Holy Ghost. But now once you get the Holy Ghost, what do I do with it? And I feel like much of what we are as church people, and I think if we would all ask the question, we got it, but what have I done with it? And I even asked that, and I've been doing this for 30 years, 30 plus years. And uh, what have I done with it? How many people have I reached with it? How uh, has my prayer changed? Has my relationship with people changed? And the purpose of all this is, and the reason you and I got the Holy Ghost, was that we become like Him. Now remember this, um, I think it's in Colossians See if I can find it real quick. Just bear with me. He said we were created in the image, image of God. I might not be able to. Yeah, there it is. Good. Oh, that's just the Lord. Colossians 3, 3 and 10. We've put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image that he created us. And, and again, I'm fixing to go into John, so just, just stay there. But we were created in the image, Genesis. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. Okay? 
But when Adam fell, the likeness got messed up. You're still created in the image of God. You have a self-will and a consciousness. But notice what he says here in Colossians, in Colossians chapter, or whatever chapter that was, 3 and 10. You've put on the new man, which is renewed knowledge after the image of him. It's not likeness. Likeness is not mentioned there. And the reason likeness is not mentioned there is because that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. We put on Christ. We become a new creature. We're a new man. But we have to let the Holy Ghost create us in His likeness. You're created in the image, and that's great, and that's a good, good start. And that can't be taken away because you have a soul, a conscious, a will, just as God does. But the likeness is not formed. And I think much of us coming to God or living for God, we have missed and been robbed of the true place of joy. That is being in His likeness. That as God develops you and I into what He is in His likeness, there is an element of joy and refreshing and hope that comes to you and I that how did all these writers in the Word of God face the persecutions they faced? They didn't have the conveniences of what we have here in, 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 in modern buildings and air conditioning and, and even together. They could not do what you and I are doing here tonight. They had something. So what was their reliance? They had no choice but to depend on the Holy Ghost forming in them a likeness of Christ. And what's the likeness? What, what would have been a likeness that they would have faced in that hour? Christ looked at the Sanhedrins. He looked at Pilate. And he never backed down from the mission and the purpose that he was called to do. That's part of his likeness that you and I don't have. How many times have we faced things? and situations in life that the first thing that comes to my mind is flight or fight and many times it's not fight, it's flight. That's the old fall. I'm not talking about things that don't matter. I'm talking about things in the spirit. I'm talking about when the fact that the enemy comes in and takes our kids captive and they're bound by addictions, sometimes we just want to lay down and just say, you know what, God's will will be done. That's unscriptural. The image of Christ is you and I hold to the purpose that he put in you and I and we fulfill that purpose. What's the purpose? I got to teach everybody that I can. I got to pray a fervent effectual prayer for the... So I understand that the Holy Ghost and him abiding in me is not just for me to say I got the Holy Ghost. That's why I've made the comment before. I, I don't know where the line is drawn in the sand, Brother Fontenot. I don't know how God will distinguish it. But for me to receive the Holy Ghost 30 years ago and I did not progress in his likeness in 30 years, something is going to be amiss. Something's going to be amiss. And I've been a strong proponent. Maybe I'm harder on myself. If I have not increased according to as Jesus said, I invest. And then he said, I gave men something to invest. And he had one that come up and thought he was the smartest thing ever. And he goes, I tell you what I did. I held on and I didn't do anything with it. But I protected it real good. And Jesus said, you're, you're, you're in trouble. So from that scripture, it tells me that the Holy Ghost is more than just something I get for a one-time moment, but it's to create in me and to make me not just in his image, but that I conform to his likeness and I begin to think like him. I begin to reach like him. I begin to love like him. I begin to pray like him. I begin to do the things that he did. So 
If I understand that's the abiding presence, Jesus is trying to give these boys a huge lesson. And really the culmination of this lesson is John 17. It's further down the road. When he begins to manifest what was really inside of him on the Mount Transfiguration. It was an act that was more than just a a, a neat electrical light show. It was him trying to show them, let me give you an example of what's in me. And when you let what's in you work, it produces something out of you. And that's what transfiguring was all about. So Jesus now in Matthew or John 15, he said, I came. In verse 21, he said, I revealed to them. That was back in verse 15. The revelation came. And 21, he said, but because of my namesake, There was a pull from the world. The world hates me, he said. And because they hate me, they're going to hate you. He said, but it's not over denominational stationary. It's not over whether you're a Jew or you're a pagan or you're a Hebrew or you're a Greek. That's not the issue. He said, there's a spirit in this world, eons, a culture, a mindset, that's going to do everything in its power to try to rob you and move you out of position from abiding in God. And folks, this is the battle for you and I. And I want to start off tonight with with just a statement. That's the preliminaries. But the statement I wanted to start with is, who's tired of stumbling? Who's tired of just kind of seeming like every time you get a footing, I get it knocked out from underneath me and I'm like, I feel like I, and I know we're not going by feeling like we talked about a couple Sundays ago. So faith kicks in and I move. But the fact is, I feel like I lose my footing more than I get my footing and I stumble. Jesus gave us the answer to how not to stumble. He said, there are going to be some that's going to oppose you, but it's for my name's sake. And you don't need to be alarmed for that. But now watch. Now here's the, I'm going to bear out some of these truths as we go through each each verse. Verse 22. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. The word cloak means excuse. Many times me and your job of just abiding in his presence and his presence abiding in us, complete harmony and fellowship with him, is that we now take on the role of Christ, not as a a, a savior, I'm not advocating that, but as the sons of God, not eliminating women, but we become the sons of God bearing witness to people by the presence of God that lives in you. You've heard me say many times, just your presence sometimes bears witness to the things of darkness. See, if we know that the abiding presence of God is in us, the glory of God, the earnest gift, the the, the part of His presence that is not only keeping us, that presence is reaching for other people. And He said, I came for a reason that they would have no excuse. That is twofold. That's twofold. That's one for the world. But it's also a lesson for me. That's why I believe that that every message 
that you and I hear from a pulpit. Every Bible study we hear. Every Sunday school lesson that we hear. Every part of God's word that we were supposed to be there for. But yet we did not do our due diligence. He is bearing witness. I put everything you needed in place. You chose not to do that. You chose not to respond. You chose not to. He is doing a very good job at trying to paint the picture to them and painting the picture to me as a a saved saint of God that I better do everything in my power that when he bears witness to something, I better be sensitive enough and be abiding in his presence enough to realize Jesus is trying to get a message to me. I need to lay aside everything that would oppose me from responding to what he's asking me to do. If he's asking me to go on outreach, then I I need to respond to that because he's bearing witness that in the day of judgment I'm going to be held accountable. And he's saying these people, I'm giving them no excuse for this. Now, Brother Ron, go to Romans 12. Romans 12. Romans 12. We're going to go back to John 15, 23, but Romans 12. Romans 12 says, I'm going to read verse 1. You don't have to go there. Stay at 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, I want to get into some other things, but this scripture here is giving you and I the answer of how to abide. Presenting your body a living sacrifice. How do I beat How do I defeat? How do I not become susceptible to the world's principles, concepts, and mindsets? How do I prevent myself from stumbling? I'm talking me as the preacher. How do I prevent, how do I put safeguards in place that I don't stumble and that the abiding presence of God stays living inside of me that his likeness can ultimately be formed? He said, present your body a living sacrifice. Sacrifice is not just money we give. Sacrifice is not just time we give. Sacrifice is what we are. My life is not my own, contrary to this mindset of the world. Live the American dream. Live it full of yourself. Live it with every bit of excitement that you want. I'm not saying that we can't have fun. I'm not saying we can't have joy. I'm not saying we can't be blessed with nice things and the things that God would afford us to be. But the mindset of this world is says, you put that first and you put God second. You put everything else on the uh, about God and the church and the. Th- I, I was just having a con. Do you remember the days, Jeff, when when we, we? I came in a little bit later, but I remember it. Everybody got together at Shillelaghs. All the young people, all the couples, Pat O'Carroll's, Shillelaghs, Tony's Pizza. We packed the place out. Now you go. We're the most disunified group. We don't barely even talk to each other across the restaurant. But f- furthermore, there's not that. Everything, and we talk about what happened at church because everything about that night was what was going on at church. 
what was going on at church and I know we're in a revival mode and evangelism mode and, and there's great things happening here but you hear me I don't want us to ever lose what God's doing in our midst that it ever becomes humdrum well I gotta go to church tonight well I gotta go hear the preacher tonight well I gotta no 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 I come every time just like David said I come with expectancy in my heart for this is the day the Lord hath made there's no telling what God's gonna do in this day there's no telling what he's gonna do in this service and if I can tag into that the excitement the enthusiasm the motivation the desire to live for him will be there on Thursday Friday Saturday coming back Sunday saying come on God do it again and again because it never goes old living for God that's how it's supposed to be the enemy's put a blanket and saying well y'all are missing out if you don't live this way, if you don't drink it this way, if you don't, you're missing out. And that worldly mindset comes against our abiding. You see what it's after? It ain't after your standards. That's after the fact. I'll talk about that later. It's what's inside here. It's my abiding presence of God that keeps me balanced, keeps me at peace, keeps my mind clean, keeps my mind pure. And if I don't present my body a living sacrifice, the world's saying, I'll take your sacrifice. I'll take your, I'll take your energy. I'll take your time. I'll keep you so busy and wrapped up in the things of the world that by the time you get to the house of God on Wednesday, we're hanging our hand down and we're just so tired and beat down or even on a Saturday night or a Sunday. But the church is going to be empowered by the presence of God like never before. Why? Because he found a people that understands these principles. I've got to abide in him. Presented a living sacrifice. We used to, I can't get off of it. We used to, that was the thing. Everything circled around us. Everybody hanging together. And we've got that here at Indian Village. I thank God for that. But you can feel the fracturing that, that's already happened to other churches and people and families. And it's the hour we're in. And the enemy's after one thing. Trying to mess up you abiding. Here it is. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. The word conformed, I defined it last time, but I'm going to define it again. Form, but the word con, C-O-N. Prefix, it means to, is to be structures or forms. To be with something conjoined. So what he's saying is be not joined to this world. The word world there comes from a Greek word aeons. It's where we get the English word eons. And if you study it out, it talks about times. It's not talking about chronos, time, like chronological time. It's talking about seasons, ages, particular junctions in time. One translation or definition talks about the culture. And what he's saying is the only way you're going to beat this culture is you've got to present your body a living sacrifice unto him. He said, it's acceptable. It's your service unto God. Now, I'm going to be, I, 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 well, I'm doing God a service. I'm preaching. It don't work that way. 
He don't, Brother Fontenot. Well, man, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing God a favor. I'm preaching when I didn't want to. Come on, somebody. I'm getting tight in here now because y'all know about where I'm about to go. I'm doing God a service. I've been living for God for 30 years. He said the only service that he's looking for, really, true service, is presenting that body a living sacrifice. My will. He said because there's going to be a, a, a world mindset, an eon, a culture that's going to try to take you away, Brother Roger. And he's saying don't conform. Don't buy into it. Don't connect to that. Now here's the question. How do I live in this world and not conform? I'm glad you asked. You abide. You say, well, I can't pray 24 hours a day, but Paul said, I pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean pray all day long. What that means is, is my mind is set on him. And everything I'm doing, God, cover my family today. God, cover this family today. God, cover that one today. I'm at Walmart checking out, but I'm leaving. And I'm thinking about God, I need you to cover Sister Peggy today. I'm getting in the car, starting it up. Kyle comes to my mind. God, I need you to cover Kyle today. You say, well, man, that ain't a whole lot of fun. Yeah, but you don't, you missed the, the memo. Doing that is where my joy comes from. Because when I see the people, of God, blessed by God and then you were a part of that by your prayer. You just now did something in the kingdom of God that's got far more weight and eternal glory than anything you and I can do tangibly. He said, don't be conformed but be ye transformed. And the word trans means across or beyond. Across or beyond. So he's trying to give us a clear picture that I cannot conform. I can't buy into this world, this culture. I've got to become the opposite of this culture. I can't let the culture indoctrinate me. And let me tell you, there is a church culture too. And we better make sure that our church culture moderns, parallels and is in conformity or, or alignment with the word of God and not some church culture of what some fancy televangelist is doing. Or some mega church. And I'm not against them. They can do whatever they want. And I want churches to grow. But if it's not propagating truth and a scriptural basis, then I don't want to have any part of that culture. I, I tell you the culture I really love. I love a culture where there's apostolic preaching. I love a culture where there's apostolic singing. I love a culture where there's apostolic praying. I like a culture where there's apostolic praise, apostolic worship, apostolic living, apostolic holiness. That's the kind of culture. I want you and I to be a part of. I don't want to stumble, folks. I don't want to fall. I mean, I know we can make mistakes. I know we sin. But oh, if I can remember these lessons right here. I've got to transform. I've got to go beyond. Here it is. By the renewing of my mind. Here's the problem, Brother Daryl. The reason I don't do what God's called me to do is there's something in my mind stopping it. And the only way that I'm going to transform into what God wants me or become in His likeness like I need to be, there's got to be a radical change in my mind.
And that's hard, Brother Fontenot. That's hard because I think sometimes I got it figured out. And just when I think I got it figured out and living for God, I realize how much I don't know and how much I don't have him figured out and how far I am from him. I, I've literally, Brother Fontenot, laid in the floor, weeping before God, saying, God, forgive me. I ain't shot nobody. I ain't killed nobody. I ain't ran over nobody. I ain't committed no great, great sin. But I just felt this, this gap between me and him and, and, and I don't know but I just lay because there was something rose up in me brother Fontenot that said I can't be separated from him and if there's anything in my mind that keeps me from you then God I need you to renew in me a new mind my mind's messed up from the world my mind's messed up from what people have said my mind's messed up from things that were a lie and falsehoods and I let it in my mind but I tell the church if you let God renew that mind you can have a new mind, a healed mind, and you won't think in a way contrary, contrary to him. I could almost just 12. I, I'm going to stop right there because I can feel myself just digging right there. But just notice that verse, and I stop. He said that you may prove God's counting on you and me to prove something to this world. Brother Bushnell, that's why I've been such a strong proponent for enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Because when I don't thank him and I don't praise him and I don't worship him and I don't pray fervently, I'm telling the people that are coming in from the world, this is not as good as that preacher says. I'm going to say it again. That's why I'm a strong proponent of thanksgiving and praise in church. Lifting of your hands and your voice and showing some emotional demonstration or expression of him. Because we've got people coming from the world and God's looking down at Indian Village and saying, can I use you to prove to that, that drunk, prove to you to that prostitute, prove to you that, that that battered woman, can I use your praise and your worship to prove to them that what's in here, the Holy Ghost is real. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me and when I don't praise him I'm telling the world it's a lie and it's not real I'm telling the world and in essence God's trying to use us to prove it but just, just remember just remember Everything I'm trying to press in the spirit for is scripturally based. I'm not trying to shoot against anybody's personalities. I'm the most shy and introverted person you'll find, I promise you. But something moves on me in this pulpit. When I get that word and a revelation of it, I understand, Brother Darrell. There's something more to you and I just coming in this building but God is counting on you and I to show a world how real all of this is. Let's go back to, let's go back to John. The closing of that verse was it's the will of God. It's the will of God to prove it. It's the will of God. It's the will of God for me to pray fervently. It's the will of God for me to praise. It's the will of God for me to be faithful to the house of God. It's the will of God for me to read his word. It's the will of God for me to love my brother. It's the will of God. 
And every time we do, we prove. Go back to John 15, 22. He said, so now I'm bearing witness. And I said, he bears witness to those of the world, Dylan, and he bears witness to us church folk, twofold, that there will be no cloak that I can hide under and say, well, I couldn't. Or I, he that hateth me hateth my father also. Now, I didn't go into it. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2, it said, In the worlds were framed. The same word there is eons. Now, this is why the world is what it is. That it basically, it's saying that these eons were framed. The ages were framed. And it says, by faith, men took that element of faith or the word of God acted upon that faith in that season or age and they fulfilled and completed what they were supposed to complete. But here's the message in all of that. Man messed it up in the first place. Man messed up broken homes. Man messed that up. The Twin Towers, man messed that up. Divorce and, and messed up families and kids and, 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 and drug addictions and alcohol addiction and all these. Man messed that up. But God didn't leave us in the mess. He gave us a remedy to coming out of it with a renewed mind. That when I put on Christ and I abide and he abides in me, he promises. That's why somebody, I say it again here tonight, you are battling so hard in your mind. Just keep praying. Keep seeking God. I, I had a comment the other day. Somebody said something to me. said, oh, Brother Benoit, you, you don't understand. You, 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 you don't get it, all this stuff that's going on with people's minds and people acting out. And, 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 and I, it might even have been a statement. And I read something in, in a, a statement in a book and they said we need to really face this stuff and I agree I'm not discounting anything I'm not a professional medical I get it but don't ever tell me prayer does not work and if that's the case, I said it already Monday night at prayer. Calvary was the finished work. It completed it. For body, he suffered stripes for your healing. He, he suffered a healing for your soul. And he suffered a healing for your spirit. All parts. What was the crown of thorns for? It was placed on his head for the healing of the mind. God can still heal things of the mind. Don't quit praying. Don't quit believing it. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's just not going to work. I'm not saying don't seek medical advice or professional help. You do whatever you've got to do and, and feel you need to do. I, I'm a believer in doctors, but you hear me. The doctor is not the final say. The psychologist is not the final say. The counselor is not the final say. The final say is in J-E-S-U-S. -E and when I seek him, he says, I'll come and abide with you and I'll help you. James said it like this. I'm getting to 23. Just hang right there. James, I want to read it because I don't want to misquote it. I can't remember it exactly how it was worded because it was so specific. James 1, 23. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Mirror is what that translation says. For he beholdeth himself, and he goeth away. I'm not going to come back and re-preach James. But here's what James was saying briefly. We look into the word of God, the glory of God, the presence of God. 
We look into him. And he reveals by him what I'm not like. Now, come on, think here just for a minute. Can you see now where all the image conscience people have a problem with this verse and have a problem with what I'm preaching? Y'all with me? Because the image conscience world, it's all about what you look like, how you act, how you, it's all about image, right? It's not about my image, it's about his image. So when I look in the word of God, I've got to be able to look at the word of God and see what he's telling me and how far I am not like him. Am I making sense? So when I look at it, Brother Fontenot, I've got to look at the word and I see, okay, that's not, I'm not doing that. I'm not like him. I've got to, I got to, now James says for a man to look at that, and don't do nothing about it. He's saying it's a man that hears the word of God. But he don't do what the word of God's saying. So he's not getting the effect of the word of God. Brother Bushnell, this is where we are in the end time. Wearing preacher out after preacher after preacher after preacher. Ones that are really preaching the word. And you're telling this is what's got to be. This is what's got to happen. But I'm not doing that word. So therefore I'm walking away now just ignoring what the mirror of the word of God's telling me. So I'm not now being transformed into his likeness. Oh, I'm his image because I'm his creation. But I'm not like him. And if I'm not like him, when the enemy comes against you and I like a flood, you're going to be fighting this in your own ability. But when you're like him and when you submit to him and when you love him and obey him, the enemy can come in and there's no weapon that's formed against me that can prosper because now I'm conformed. I'm being transformed into him. Second Corinthians chapter 3 for those that are writing it down. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13. And not as Moses which put on a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end which was abolished but their minds are blinded. So Moses put on a veil because the glory was fading. Verse 18 of that same chapter. But we all with an open face beholding as a glass the glory of the Lord. Beholding means looking. So it starts by me looking into the word of God. But do you know what the word, it says, into the glass of the glory of the Lord and are changed. You know what the word changed means? It comes from the Greek word metamorphos. Now watch, if you miss this, you miss really the crux of the whole, this whole message. This is where I really want to get tonight anyway. It means metamorphos. It's where we get the word, the word meta. It's where like a, a butterfly. It goes from a larvae to a pup. I think it's called, and then it turns into a butterfly. It, it's a metamorphosis. It's a change. That's the same scriptural reference. Our English words ascribe to a metamorphosis. But here's the kicker. This is what, what you got to get. It starts on the inside, and it works to the outside. That's why if you start holiness from the outside and try to work it to the inside, you'll be a legalist. 
But if you let holiness be on the inside and then it begins to morph to the outside, it's never going to be a struggle. I see it in the word of God. I'm wanting everything about him that's holy. I'm wanting to do everything I can because I want him to abide in me. And if I can get him to abide in me and I abide in him, then I'm not going to wrestle against things of the external because I know there's an internal metamorphosis that's taking place in me. I'm changing. My mind's changing. My heart's changing. I'm not the same way I used to be. Is there anybody here tonight come from another profession of faith and you now realize, I don't think like I used to think. You know what happened, Brother Joe? You and I went through a metamorphosis. We went from the old Joe and Scott to a new, a new creature in Christ. But the struggle, the struggle is letting that happen. Because the metamorphosis, the change, the word there changed. I don't don't have it. It's later on in John. The word transfigure. Everybody with me? The word transfigure. When Jesus goes up to the mount, he brings up the boys and he says, Hey, y'all just watch this. And he just kind of just opens himself up. And he began to shine. The glory of God was revealed. We call it the Mount Transfiguration. He was transfigured was the word. The word transfigure is the same word in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Changed. Change and transfigure in the English mean the same thing in the Greek. Metamorphosis. What Jesus was trying to show them on the Mount Transfiguration wasn't a fancy light show. He was closing out from his abiding in 14, 15, and 16. He's going into 17, and he's fixing to give them a demonstration of abiding. That if you'll continue in my word and be my disciples indeed, I'm going to show you what you got to look forward to way down the road. It's not only going to be the earnest gift that gets you there. That's another reason you and I got the Holy Ghost. It's to get us there. But once we get there, you and I go from a place of just being corruptible to a place of incorruption. I go from this this state of humanity to a state of glorification that now I'm like him. I'm in a glorified state. Folks, this is what heaven is all about. But the world is trying to tell you and I, I've got to succumb to this mindset. I've got to succumb to this way. A church culture says, this is the way you and I have got to do it. And Jesus gave them a demonstration. I'm trying to show you how what's inside changes you. So here's the thing. If what's inside changes me, I better do everything in my power to keep what's inside of me. This is where he talks about praying in the spirit. Praying fervently. Laboring intensely. Folks, I'm going to say it real plain. It's work. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I mean, look at, uh, I'm not negating the, the, the ladies here today, but I think of men as, as, as hardworking men, uh, tree stumps and cutting them down and chopping wood. Brother Clifton Bush, they'll tell me about his dad, tell, cutting wood. with. I mean, just not afraid of work. Work in the natural. But just as much as he worked in the natural, he worked that in the spiritual. 
And it's got to confer over for you and I to understand. If I don't, I'm going to stumble. And this is the part where you just say, well, some are going to stumble regardless. Some are going to make it. Some are not. But it cannot deter me from what I know and what I've got to maintain for my family's sake. All right, go back to John, brother. Brother Ron. So if I understand he's bearing witness, he said, they hate me, they hated my father also. And I know that I've got to abide, and I know that by looking in the word of God, I've got to do what the word is telling me to do. Because the Bible says we're changed from glory to glory. This is, this is the scripture that you ought to write this down. This is the scripture that you would, or I use in preaching, that debunks you get the Holy Ghost, and that's it. There's no more carrying on forward, works of the Spirit, talking in tongues, the gifts of the Spirit, that's for other people. That is not the case. You go from glory to glory. You go from moment to moment. I learn something in His Word, I put it to work. I master it or get it down, and then I go to another. He shows me something else in His Word. I'm mastered. I, and I, say, I use the word master for a lack of other terms. I get it down, Sarah. I learn what He says. Okay, this is what I got to do. I, ch- I allow the Holy Ghost in me to change this behavior, and I go from this glory to another glory. What are you talking about? Are you going from some mystical cloud to cloud? No. It's saying I go from revelation to revelation. I go from authority to authority. I go from a, because every time you and I move from one to another, he provides his authority. Somebody ought to be encouraged with that right there. Because here's the thing. Whatever you're facing right now that he's showing you in in the word of God, if he's showing you and I that I've got to be faithful in my tithing, i got to be faithful in my offering. If he's showing you, you've got to be faithful to the will of God. Submit to it. If he's showing you, you've got to be faithful to prayer. Whatever he's showing you, you've got to be faithful for in his word. Here's what he does. Glory means doxa. Doxa talks about the magistrate or the majestic power and authority of an entity. So what he just said was, is you go from glory to glory. You go from authority to authority. That's why you and I ought to always be encouraged because it doesn't matter what I face tomorrow. When I get there, when I find the answer in his word, his authority is going to be there to help me get through it. That's why I'll never understand why people dig in their heels and go, I'm not doing that. You're missing and, 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 and taking God's authority and just using it for naught. He gave you that authority in his word for you and I to move. Why? That I become more like him. He don't want you and I to stay in the first grade. He wants us to get to the second grade and the third grade and go from glory to glory. And every time I go from glory to glory, I go from authority to authority. And he'll give me whatever strength I need to face whatever he's showing me in his word. Don't ever be afraid of facing something in his word. If you and I could ever learn to openly just say, let the word speak. I promise you, you'd see more miracle signs and wonders and glorious powers and works than you could ever imagine. 
I'm a firm believer, Brother Bushnell, that we don't see things or experience things for one reason. I have not presented myself the sacrifice. Our harvest is going to be based on us presenting ourselves a sacrifice. Seeing our lost loved ones saved is going to be us presenting ourselves a lost, a living sacrifice and praying fervent, effectual prayer. That's the only way they're going to come. They're not going to come because we got hopping music. They're not going to come because we got good preaching. They're not going to come because we got great sound, great building. We can build a, a, a Parthenon. I don't care how big it is. They're not going to come just because. Here's the deal. They'll come, but they ain't going to stay. The thing that's going to get them to stay is that they see a people that's learned how to abide in Christ and, and Christ abide in them. And when they see you overcame the world, when they couldn't overcome it, they're going to say what it is about you. You ain't got to tell them it's your sleeve lift or your dress skirt lift. You can tell them it's about a relationship with Jesus. And when I pursued him and I hungered for him and I did what his word said, God answered my prayer and helped me. It's glory to glory. One to another. And the glory is released as we go each step. I know it sounds like I'm being redundant. But I really want you to understand that. Because it was a revelation for me. And it's scriptural. If I don't let the change take place in me. I'm not going to see the glory of God in me. And the people I'm reaching for are not going to come like I know they can. I'm the dam. I'm the valve that's going to open it or close it. Oh, I got so much stuff here. Jesus, John 1 and 14, talks about grace and truth. I mean, my, my pen... I ran out of ink on all this stuff trying to, I mean, it's just, it, it just don't quit. But let, let's get to the stomach. If I had not done, here we go, 20, 23, and we, we're going to come to a close. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had done among them the works, this is verse 24, none other man did, they had not sinned. But now they have both seen. His appearing and speaking to them revealed to them their pretense. Back to, back to Corinthians. You know the problem was? The Judaizers were trying to bring them back to law. They were, God was trying to transition them into a new place. They didn't want to go to that new place, Brother Roger. They were wanting to stay in it. They were wanting to do sacrifices of the law. And that's why it talks about the veiled glory of Moses. Moses veiled himself because the, he didn't want the people to see that the glory was over. The heyday was over. It changed. And people don't do good with change. And because they don't do good with change, he knew that. Moses did. The discouragement of the people. And Paul's dealing with, it, with them too, saying, we can't keep offering sacrifices. There's a new thing. And the world's going to oppose it. Church culture's going to oppose it. But move forward in it. He said, they hated both me and my father. And there again, is a oneness scripture. Powerful oneness scripture. You know, it kind of just, musicians, y'all come. I'm, I'm going to close. I may do one more, but we'll, I'm going to shut down here in five minutes. You know, it amazes me, you know, when you start getting into uh, the, the, the oneness and uh, how, how, I guess, the mindset of some people uh, with it. 
You know, and here again, he's, he hated both me and my father. And right there, man, people go, oh, my Lord. See, there's two. But again, like I've taught, there's a dual nature. He's both man and God. Here's the thing on, on the Trinity. If they're, the tr Trinity teaches they're co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent. Co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent. If God is eternal, God's eternal, Elohim. How do you divide him into three? He has no beginning or end. Where did you find the starting point? If he's co-equal according to a Trinitarian code, man's doctrine, then how do you divide him? How do you make a God the Father and God the Son? Where is the measuring stick that goes, this is the equal, God's eternal. He has no start, no end, no finish, no beginning. He is eternal. How did you divide the pie? Come on, y'all. It's insanity. Write them down. Acts 10, 38. Write these down if you got your pen. Because people are going to ask you these questions. And we go, well, I don't know. I'm going to call Brother Benoit. No, don't call me. <laughs> you, I'm training you. I mean, this is what the whole thing. I'm training to send you out. I'm praying God send us a ton of preachers. I want to send them out. I don't want you sitting on the pew. Send them out. Go, go evangelize. Go start churches. Train them up and send them out. Saints of God, train them and send them out. The church is supposed to be a sending church. Acts 10 and 38. Jesus said, I'm anointed with the Holy Ghost to do great works. John 14 and 10. Jesus said, the Father dwells in me and he does the works. Acts 10 and 38. John 14 and 10. So here's Jesus saying, I'm anointed with the Holy Ghost to do great works. Then in John, he says, it's my Father in me that does the great works. So who's doing the great works, the Holy Ghost or the Father? It don't make sense. But if you understand, there's a dual nature. He's fully God, fully man. You can read this one in John, verse 24. He hateth both me and the Father. What does that mean? It means this. They hate me, the man. And they hate the Spirit, that they feel the authority from. There ain't two. He's saying they hate me. I'm the face that they can't stand. Because every time I speak, they feel convicted. They feel a witness. There's not three. Write Matthew 1 and 18 down for oneness. John 16 and 28. Matthew 1 and 18, John 16 and 28. Matthew 1, 18, John 16, 28. 118 says the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. John 16, 28, Jesus said, I came from the Father. So he's got two daddies, Holy Ghost and a Father. Who's the Father? Jesus said the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, so that would be the Father. Then Jesus said, I come from my Father. He, so who's the daddy? Holy Ghost or Father? God the Father, God the Holy Ghost. Neither. They're both a spirit. One. One God put on a robe of flesh, came down, and walked among us. He's above all, in you all, through you all. That's oneness. You know that? He's above all, he's in you all, and he's through you all. He started as a father in creation. He came as a son in redemption, and now he's Holy Ghost in regeneration. He's moving through us. But this cometh to pass. That the word might be filled that it is written in their law. They hated me without cause. 
But when the Comforter is come, and I will send you from the Father. Now watch this. I mean, Lord, I can't help it, y'all. Y'all just have to just bear with me. But the Comforter which is come, whom I will send from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father. But then I got over here, Jesus saying, in John 14, I pray the Father, he'll send you a comfort. I won't leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. So who came? Who did you get at the altar? The Holy Ghost or Jesus? Jesus said, I'm going to come. And then Jesus said, I'll send it to you, the Holy Ghost. Which one is it? There's only one spirit. And when you and I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you got the likeness of Christ. You got the likeness of the Holy. You got the likeness of the Father. You got the likeness of... You got it all when you got the Holy Ghost. So he says, And ye shall bear witness because you've been with me. There it is. If you and I don't spend time with him in fervent, effectual prayer, you have no witness. He said, They're going to know you. Watch. It don't say, read it. And ye shall bear witness because ye have been with me. It does not say. And you will bear witness because of your dress code. Man, we just can't be Pentecostal because we got to dress funny. What I want you to see here tonight, your problem ain't the dress. The problem is the Holy Ghost in you and the name. And they can't stand the spirit in you. It ain't your dress code. We blame it on that. But people don't like some of the things because the light in you condemns the darkness in them. He said, if you've been with me, you're going to bear witness. So the key is bearing witness. Chapter 16, verse 1, and this is my close. Musicians already, we're done. These things I've spoken unto you that you should not be offended. The word offended means stumble stumble so if you'll abide in him and he'll abide in you and understand what's really going on out here the glory what's, what's, what's happening here this is this, it's sometimes so foreign to our mindsets because it's like we get Acts 2.38 we get the Holy Ghost and it's like man that's, man you're just starting you just start. And that's not a preacher thing. That's a child of God thing. Whether you start tonight, you've been living for God 40 years. Start tonight. Let the glory change you from glory to glory. Well, I can't do evangelism. I can't outreach. God can change that. Don't say you can't because you're indicting God in your creation. I get it. Preaching, that's a calling. But everybody can hand out a card. Everybody can invite somebody. Everybody can be a witness. Everybody can pray. Everybody can do something for his kingdom, his cause. If it's not evangelizing, it's Sunday school teaching. If it's not Sunday school, it's ushering. If it's not ushering, it's some. But something God has for me to do. Because there's a world... That needs to see the witness. That's why I've told our door greeters. Don't, 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 don't greet at no door with no sourpuss mouth, face. 
How are you? No. Hey, how are you today? We're so glad you're here. What are you doing, greeter? You're telling them, I'm glad I'm here today. I'm glad I'm in the house of God. If I can learn this, I won't stumble. My footing will be sure. I'll be able to make it. Folks, I say again, what really matters? Does the argument and the fight matter? Does the unforgiveness matter? Does what they did really matter? They're probably going to hell anyway. I got your attention there. I'm going to wake some of y'all up. Yeah, I didn't expect that one. I'm just kidding, but I'm trying to get it. You, I'm going to get a response. Hello. <laughs> just let it go. It don't matter. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Why? Because I don't want to stumble. Stand with me. I don't want to stumble. I want to make it to heaven. And that's all that matters. And, a lot, and until he calls me home, Brother Charlie, I want to do my best. Brother Sherman, I want to do my best to just do what he told me. Give it everything I got. If God says do it, I want to do it. And I'm not going to argue over it. Why? Because I'm tired of stumbling. You know, there's so many times, Brother Darrell, Brother Bushnell, you can attest to this. How many times did God tell us to do something? Boy, and I wrestled with it, and I wrestled with it, and I wrestled with it. I even told God, no. I'm not doing it, God. I'm not doing it, Sister Jim. But yet, somehow, through prayer, he had a way. That no turned into, okay, Lord, whatever you want. I was stumbling when I said no. You felt the condemnation. You felt icky. Anybody testify? When God's telling you to do something, you just don't feel. But boy, when you do it, it's like, oh, I did it. The load's lifted off of me. I gave him that offer and I ran that lap. I witnessed to somebody. I gave a card. I did what he asked me to do. And that load is lifted off. You know why? There is no condemnation to them that walk after the Spirit. There's no condemnation. You and I are going to always be condemned and beat down and stumble until we come to the place that we say, God, I need you to abide with me. Is there anybody here that's your desire here tonight? Lift your hands all across this building tonight. Just as a sign and offering. It's a wave offering to him. It's a sign of surrender here tonight. God, I love you with all my heart, Lord. I want to please you, and the way I prove my love to you is by what I do. I lift my hands because I love you. I lift my voice because I love you. I'm here tonight because I love you. And God, I want you to know it, not just with my lips, but my action here tonight. I need you to abide. Come on, let it become your prayer tonight. Come on, step out of that pew here tonight with me. Come to the front. Let's all close tonight as a family. God, I need you tonight. I need your help tonight. God, I need you to help me. I'm stumbling in some things. I'm, I'm tripping up on some things. Here's all you and I have got to do. Let's go back to the abiding. I want to abide in him. I, the word abide means I want to stay put. I'm not backing up. I'm not slowing down. I'm not stopping. I started this in faith. I'm going to finish it in faith. No matter what it costs me. Because the only thing matters is that I please God. Come on, lift your voice with me right now. Just talk to him right now. Come on, the authority's here. The word of God's got authority. And that authority is moving in this place tonight for somebody.
glory to glory. He wants to strengthen you, help you, encourage you, lift you up. Come on, we're in it together. We're in it together. I need the strength of God in my family. Come on, married couples, grab a hold of your husband, wife, husband, family to family right now. I love posing with families. Come on, grab the hand of your spouse or if your child is with you, grab their hand, pray with them right now. Husband, wife, family to family. God needs our attesting that we need Him. I need you today, Jesus. I need your help. My strength needs a refreshing. My faith needs some lifting up tonight. It's only done by you. you go. Paul told Timothy this. He said, follow after righteousness. He had just before it said, don't fall to this. Don't fall to adultery. Don't fall to perversion. Don't fall to, to negative. Don't fall to, and he gives a list of don't fall to these things. Don't fall out of the will of God. But he says, here's the answer. Follow. The word follow comes from a Greek word, Brother Darrell. It don't mean like Boy Scouts. Follow the leader. The word follow in, in 2 Timothy it means to chase. To chase. Here's what I'm telling you. There's no way you and I can be inactive and see the, the righteousness of God. We're going to have to chase the things of God if we're going to see the glory and the power of God in our family and homes. The momentum, the strength that you and I feel in this place here tonight will be everything you and I need. We just have to determine I want the will of God no matter what. Lift your hands one more time. God, touch your people by the authority of your name tonight. Strengthen them, encourage them, lift them up. Give them favor, I pray in the name of Jesus. Strengthen them this week. Let the mighty hand of God be revealed according to your will, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. God bless you. Remember this upcoming Sunday morning, Sunday night. Grab some cards before you leave. We just do.